welcome to episode 13 of Dad's Right, but it is not an unlucky one for us because Dan's able to join us from Denmark. Okay. <laughs> Good times, bad times, and joining us uh, from Denmark is uh, Dan Kennedy. Dan, welcome. Hello. How are you? Excellent, excellent. It's really good to talk to you. It's been a long time. It has been. I think the last time we actually physically saw each other was probably not long after your wedding, which was two children ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1996. That yeah. was that was a me ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been you've been kind of all over the place since then. Well, yeah, I think yeah, because yeah, I guess after that we went traveling and then came back and then went to Ottawa and then we were overseas a few times. So yeah, yeah, never. And then we were up. In, I think I think one time you you were in Toronto, but then I was in Yellowknife, and then we just never. Yep. Yeah. And I missed the Winona Lodge reunion because I would have had to drive down. I don't know where you guys were with Fordyce or whatever and Mary. And yeah, yeah, we were on Sparrow Lake, yeah. Sparrow, yeah, it's Sparrow Lake, so yeah. I had to drive down from Ottawa, but then also drive back that night, so I... Oh, yeah, that's a I thought a 10-hour drive and a 24 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. It does not. It was, it was close, though. It was probably 60-40 yeah. at some point. <laughs> it was a good trip. We did that twice. We did it once. We stayed at Del Monte, and the other times we just stayed at a cottage on Sparrow Lake. I remember oh, nice. Del Monte, I don't think. Was I at the other one? Yeah. You were littler, but you weren't that little. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just conf- maybe I'm just mixing the two. The one at the cottage was when we had the boat. Mm, no, no. And Laura memories. and her kid went flying. Oh, okay. No, I remember that. The famous picture of Chewy is from then. What famous picture? The one with those shaggy hair on the st- on the stand. Oh, oh, yeah. when he looks terrible. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Back to good times, bad times. Uh, <laughs> Can you say back to it if we haven't really started yet? I said the well, name. That's true. We were yeah. talking about the good times. That's right. Good times. That's right. Uh, yeah, you got some. Dan, you want to start? You got some. Yeah, well, I was just reading some some local Denmark news, and um, I guess they have a drug. What's it called? UNI 911. Um, and so the Danish. There, I think there's two different things here. There's a like the health ministry, but then there's a health institute. So this Danish medicines agency has been approved to start testing on people as a potential treatment for COVID nineteen. That is good news, and uh, it is, yeah. So and it's supposed to be a lot better than the. I hadn't actually heard of this one, the Remdesivir. Yeah, I've only heard of Trimethylchloroquine or whatever. I can't pronounce any of them. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so apparently that's that's kind of going ahead. That's good. That's good because I yeah. really don't know. I don't think we're going to get back to normal until there's some sort of vaccine. Yeah, I, do, I don't see how like there's always that threat, you know, <laughs> around the corner of bumping into somebody and then there's yeah, you know, yeah, thirty thousand people have it again. Exactly. Yeah, like you just look at the U.S. They've just reopened and then boom. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah slammed it's uh even even if you get the case numbers low enough that'll start going back up as soon as 
you start to reopen, like you said, as was in the U.S., so you kind of need a vaccine to be sure, and even then, you're not 100% sure, right? Well, I think it it depends. Like a a flu vaccine is not 100%, it's only against a certain flu. But if this hasn't mutated, I mean, a polio vaccine got rid of polio, right? Yes, yes, yes. I was thinking more along the lines that it'd be more like a flu vaccine, but I guess... I haven't heard anything of it mutating. I'm not sure. Dan? I have no idea. <laughs> yes, three I'm not non- following three, it that closely. Three non-doctors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is, though, now there are so many anti-vaxxers out there yeah. that... And I, I mean, I say so many. They're definitely the large, like a, a very small minority. But I think there's, a, there's enough to be a problem because vaccines only really work if the vast majority gets them. And so I know I know there are plenty of people who believe in so many conspiracies around this and vaccines in general that I think they would be unwilling to get a vaccine and that'll be a problem. Maybe. I, I, I don't know if it's the... I still think it's a just sort of a vocal minority that is sort of against them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get the impression it's... But, I mean, I don't think it's that big i think the sort of reports are probably outweigh the population count but if it's one person in your school then yeah and they get it it doesn't matter how big it it, is yeah yeah and then you said uh, you were doing some traveling as well yeah so can you imagine no i can't (laughs) i was was leaving my house without a mask getting on a boat Wow. Um, yeah, we took the ferry from Copenhagen to Oslo and then drove uh, drove around Norway. Wow. And went through the fjords and stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, it, you know, it was, I mean, definitely good times. Um, but still that, um, that uncanny valley feeling where it's like, this isn't exactly normal, right? So, like, we don't, you don't see masks here very much, like on the ferry over i think i saw one person was with a mask um and everyone else is just keeping their distance right um but there was, like if there were 50 people on that ferry i that's probably too many like and it's a big you know normally, probably a few hundred people right yeah, yeah like um regular plus the cars so i mean maybe there were 100 people but i think plenty of room to social you know, distance absolutely like there's just nobody there and and not everything was open like the the coffee shop was shut down for covid but i don't know if that was just because there aren't enough people to you know fund running the coffee shop or if it's because they don't want people standing in line for coffee um and then on the way back we just came back today this morning and there was more people so there was definitely uh busier but still like we went in February, right. and it was just jam packed. Like the bar and the outdoor, well, not the outdoor because it was February, but yeah. like the seating areas were just full all the time, right? Where this time, you know, I, I if you were sitting down, there was maybe five other families around, you know, right. and all, all you know, yeah. spaced way. I mean, we only have to keep one meter distance here as well. It's gone down from two meters meters a while ago um actually i think this week they're gonna increase the the number of people in a group to 100 in denmark oh wow 
So you must you must be doing pretty well there with the with the caseload and stuff. Yeah, like I said, they're still getting some cases. Um, I, the hospitalizations are down. Um, deaths, actually, I don't have the current numbers, but I don't think there's the deaths are not um, happening like they are back home. Right. Um, and Norway is is the same. Um, just Sweden's the pariah of the Scandinavia. Right <laughs> <laughs> they're the Swedes. Uh, they're the U.S. Yeah. of Europe. Yeah, of exactly. Europe. I mean, not to derail the conversation, but it. I was talking to some Danes, and the Swedes are a bit more, um, more. I don't know, not individualistic, but they're they're. It's no surprise that it's that way in Sweden, according to the Danes, just because they're a bit more free. Like they're a bit more free. Like the, there's this even in Norway. I think there's this community idea, right, where everybody there's a lot of freedom as mm-hmm. long as you follow the rules, right, right. So, and Sweden pushes the boundaries of the rules more than Danes do. Is kind of what this Danish guy was saying. Okay, um, interesting. So it's yeah, so it's more likely for I mean according to him like I don't know um, that the Swedes would push the boundaries of the rules a bit more right so oh you're only supposed to be two meters apart well we'll be one meter apart or you're supposed to be you know only I think they never got below 50 right so but maybe they'll make it 75 or something right so right. we're still 10 and they here. didn't shut down yeah yeah, I, I, I mean, the approach I've heard from Canada is just weird. Like here, we never like it shut down fast, um, and then, but you could always walk through the parks and you could always sit in the park. You just had to maintain your distance and you had to maintain the group size, right? Right. Um, and you weren't supposed to socialize. So, you know, as as I saw in friends' videos back home, like. Here, people would sit on the street and they'd be two meters apart having a beer in the evening, right? Um, so they're still gathering and they're still sitting in the park. And then I was talking to a friend in Ottawa and they're like, well, you could walk through the park, but you can't sit in it. They're like, well, you're not going to get it if you're outside and, you know, 50, 50 meters from somebody. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're sitting or walking, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem to matter. So that, yeah, so we had a lot more freedom and also because it, I mean, it's a smaller country, so it's easier to shut down, I think. But, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm in a different reality. Yeah, yeah. And this traveling, mostly like it was Norwegians that we were traveling with. Right. Or on the road and in the places we stopped. Um, and Danes on the, you know, on the ferry, it was mostly Danes. So, like, I don't think we're getting this influx i know a couple german friends are actually coming into denmark so i know they're the germans are traveling as they always do yeah (laughs) um but yeah but and i think that makes sense too from economically if you danish um the danish tourism industry if you allow in norwegians germans and the danes it's like 75 percent of the tourism industry right so some people were complaining. It's like, well, this European country, this is, I guess, before Europe was open, but this European country doesn't have a problem, but it's they're not let in because of Germany. And there was a Dane that was like, yeah, well, <laughs> Germans are, fund our tourism industry. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not, maybe it's not fair, but it's not surprising. That's that's interesting. How far is the, the ferry ride from Denmark to uh, Norway? 
so Copenhagen to Oslo is like an overnight. So you get in around, you get start in Copenhagen at two and you arrive at nine or 10 in the morning. Okay. And you get a room and, to sleep in and stuff. Yeah, we got a room. Um, nice. You don't really have to, though. I don't really sign. I never saw anybody sleeping on deck. Um, uh, yeah, it's a big car ferry and stuff. So yeah, it's it's pretty good. And we got the you know we we went for a cheaper interior cabin, but right. we got a cabin with a view because <laughs> there's nobody on the boat. Right. So. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's good. Pay. Perfect. Gotta like those. Hmm. Uh, what else is going on in its good times? We had uh, the U.S. over on this side of the ocean. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court voted seven to two that Trump has to hand over his tax returns. Um, to he has to hand over his tax returns to a grand jury in New York. They ruled that he doesn't to the uh, United States House, House of Representatives. But once they're out, they're out. The grand jury. Well, I don't think the grand jury has to make that information public. Yeah, but if if there's something funky in them. It will come out. Maybe. If he gets charged, it'll come out. Well, yeah. yes, yes. But it's a, the grand jury, don't they They decide whether... Whether they're going to go to trial, Worthy of charge? Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. Right. So if it's right. worthy, if it's something really off in them, then there'll be a charge, and then we'll all get to see them. Otherwise, I mean, it does, I mean it'd be nice if we could all see them anyway, just because I'm curious. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's a step in the right direction, I think. But I, I do not believe it's going to happen. No. He's, he's so. avoided it for three and two-thirds years. I think he can make the final third without getting them, yeah, handing them over. Uh, I, get, I'd be shocked if he handed them over to anyone. Yeah. He's, I mean... Do you think it would affect the election if they came out before the election? No. He'd just brush it off. Yeah. He's, he is a bit just think, Teflon like, in the just election. Matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It is bizarre. Nothing seems to matter. Things that would have derailed anybody else yeah. in the first one. I mean, even in the primary, things that would have derailed other people. He just kept going. Yeah. He uh, Deny and make nicknames for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, even if they charge him, nothing will come of it. Because as long as he's president, they won't. Like, he can't, he's avoided it so much already. Yeah, and wasn't there some kind of challenge? I mean, he said, I'm a sitting president, so you can't do anything. But wasn't that actually upheld, too? That even if there was something now, nothing could be done until, I mean. Until after, yeah. He needs to be impeached if they're going to get, but it would need to be another impeachment charge. And that means he would have to win the election. It's it's sort of too late for, for one for this term. He would need, he would need to. Uh, do something else, get impeached by the House, and then go to the Senate, and then... All before November. Yeah. And, I mean, but even if he was reelected, the Senate's not going to convict him. True enough. Even if the Democrats retake the Senate, even if he gets reelected, the House impeaches him again, and the Democrats have retaken the Senate, you need a two-thirds majority to conv- uh, convict a Senate, or convict the President, and uh, the Democrats will maybe have a three-seat majority in a best-case scenario. Yeah. So they would need like mm-hmm. twenty five Republicans to sign. But if, you, them, if it was something, happen. if it was something bad enough, because the other stuff wasn't bad enough, mm. it would need to be. It would need <laughs> to be Apparently laid not. out. It would need to be laid out was, treason or something I, like this was, Russian thing. It was pretty laid out treason last time. Well, yeah, but they didn't allow. Uh, 
they didn't allow it wasn't really treason it was tampering with an election yeah maybe but. if the democrats took control of the senate then they could start allowing like witnesses and yeah, stuff exactly. that didn't happen you could sway a few more republicans but getting more than 20 would be mm, iffy i mean it has to be something where the republicans break with trump which they've just been unwilling to do right mm-hmm. yeah which is bizarre something like, I, I, I don't know what that is Something where, I, well, I think it's that they they believe that if they break with Trump, it will hurt their personal election chances and or will hurt the Republican Party in general because they don't want to look like their leading member is in the wrong. They don't want to admit that. But if they all did and right. said, oops, and got rid of them, that would be okay. I yeah, mean, well, that's the thing. They, they, it would need to be something where the crime is more damaging to Republicans and the Republican Party than... Um, than uh, than Donald Trump. Yeah. So if this Russian bounty thing proves out, like really, really bad, where they're like, we're going to, it'll be better for us as Republicans to convict him than just to leave him be. Yeah. Or maybe they'd be more willing to next term when he can't run again, where he's not going to be the presumptive nominee in the next election. Yeah. True. Where they're going to be like, we can get rid of him because it doesn't matter anyway. They'll Although, have to pick someone else. it's better just not to elect him because you don't want Pence taking over. No. No, you don't. Mm. Anyway, we've, we've kind of drifted into bad times, so... <laughs> <laughs> I know you said uh, you have here the, the Middle East is going through a second wave. What have you heard about that? Is yeah. it bad? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of back to square one in some places. I was just listening. I didn't really get a chance to dig into the details, but um, like Israel is going through a, a second wave where there's they were doing okay, but now there's a flare-up. Um, I guess similar to what was happening in um, Melbourne. And then, so the, the theory was, well, it was wedding season, so all these people were getting together for <laughs> weddings and like, you know... The wedding halls were like, well, you could only have 150 people. And so they're like, okay, well, there's 150 people on this side and 150 people on that <laughs> side. And they won't mix. Right? And, and they're like, and you're not, and please don't mix. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, that's easy to enforce. Wedding, so, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then it's also kind of, I think Jordan's has a spike, uh, Lebanon, Egypt, they've all had spikes too. So it could be, um, it could just be regional. It could be weather. It could, I mean, I, like, that's the thing. I don't really, I mean, who knows what's bringing it up when it comes up. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, when you have, like, the Melbourne thing was, like, you know, you just, one person gets it, and then all of a sudden your whole city's got to shut down. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. that's. Well, it doesn't surprise yeah. me to hear that it's firing up again in Israel or Australia um, because... You know, Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, and whoever the Prime Minister of Australia is, I don't remember his name right now, but I know they're both, like, the kind of nationalistic, strong men that are similar to Donald Trump, and they they try to project the image of, I'm perfect and so strong and nothing is worth worrying about, and we're going to kick COVID-19's butt so we don't need to put in harsh enough restrictions because they don't want anybody mad at them. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think in Israel they did have some harsh restrictions and then they started easing them and then, you know, um, yeah, and then this happened. Um, 
So I don't, I don't like, I mean, Netanyahu's a total racist jerk, but um, he's smarter than Trump. But that's um, not a high bar. <laughs> no, it's not. But I, like, I don't, as much as he's a strong man, I don't think that it's applies in the same populist way. Like he's definitely anti-Arab. He's definitely a racist, like just a total racist. Um, that keeps getting elected. Um, but last time it was like close, he, wasn't and it? He's, a, he's super power hungry, right? Like I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think at one point he had 10 ministries were under him. Like he just, you know, <laughs> he would let somebody go and he would just take it over. Um, you know, I don't know how many he had in total, but yeah. it was it was oh, more than one. You know, it was not functional. Yeah. Um, he definitely wants but, to be a dictator. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and he he's been doing well at it, frankly, from yeah. a power perspective. Um, but so I don't. But I don't think he's ignoring, you know, the health the health ministry or whatever. Uh, although, yeah, I can't remember who's in charge of the health ministry. I'm slowly. Devolving myself of yeah. knowledge of his. How long? How long was it that you lived there again? Uh, four years. And where? Where about? So, were you in Jerusalem? One year too many. <laughs> in Jerusalem, yeah. So we were um, partly on the old border from '67, and then once in West Jerusalem, which is Israeli Jerusalem, and then once in East Jerusalem, which is Palestinian Jerusalem. Right. Not that Israel will uh, agree with that statement. <laughs> Certainly not Netanyahu. Did you did you like Jerusalem and Israel? So when people ask me that, I say no. <laughs> but because and I was like no, it's like yeah because apartheid. But mm. I had a very good life, right? Right. Like we we had met really great people, um, both like uh, expats, Israelis, Palestinians. Um, had an amazing experience, but it does your head in. Right. Yeah. And you're just, uh, and in some ways it's worse for me um, because I'm aware of more things than the Israelis. Um, and it's better for me because I have more freedom than the Israelis and the Palestinians. Right. Right. Okay. So I can cross checkpoints and I don't, you know, get hassled by anybody. I mean, one guy, one 18 year old with, the gun that was manning the checkpoint was giving me a hassle and I just said just like I'm going home like bye right Right. because (laughs) can't do anything to me right Um, and I don't have to put up with their shit yeah but I mean you're just constantly faced with racism every day right like I walk out of my um, my house and I see the way Jerusalem treats its Palestinian Citizens, well, they're not citizens, right? They're um, permanent residents or something. Um, but it, the way it treats the Palestinians, and you cross a street, and now it's a Jewish or a mixed neighborhood, and the services are immediately better, right? It's oh. literally across the street. Wow. So, like, leaving Jerusalem on one side, you see houses with water tanks on the top, and that means they don't have a consistent water supply. And on the other other side, there's no water tanks. So Palestinians live in the houses with the water tanks, and Jews uh, live on the ones without, right? So those Israeli, and there could be, like, those Palestinians might be Palestinian-Israeli or Arab-Israeli, and 
the Jews would be Israeli Jews or Canadian or American or, you know, immigrants from, you know, last week or 20 years ago or 50 years ago, that it's the other side of the street. Yeah, that's crazy. And somehow you could bring water, right? Somehow you could bring proper garbage services and trash pickup to one side of the street, but not the other, right? The Palestinians, they get a big dumpster, an open dumpster. That's sometimes they set it on fire because it hasn't been picked up, right? No, not often do they have to set it on fire, but occasionally, um, you know, occasionally. And there is not a single Israeli Jew living in West Jerusalem that has ever had to deal with a an open dumpster, or b having to like deal with the trash themselves. So. You walk through that every day, you know, you're just like, yeah, do yeah. I like it here? Not really. This coffee is really good. Yeah. This food is really good. This hummus is really good, right? Yeah. Um, the vegetables are amazingly fresh, um, like, and just seasonal, and, you know, it was just fantastic, right? It's fantastic living there, but, you know. How do you put up with that and you can't issues. change it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, we're really on a tangent now, but, you know, when I'm... I got to play hockey uh, in Tel Aviv with some uh, like Canadian and, and American and Jewish guys, and they like they're like, so how is it? You know, one guy says, so are things okay in Bethlehem? And I'm like, what kind? Of, how do I answer that? Like, are there new restaurants opening up in Bethlehem? Yes, but could a guy have a container completely confiscated by Israel because something was mislabeled, and now he's out hundreds of thousands of dollars? With no recourse, like he can't take it to an ombudsman or the court or anything, right? He He's just out of luck. Wow. He has no recourse, right? And so, yeah, things are good, but you're constantly walking on eggshells. And, you know, some guys are like, oh, yeah, he goes to Tel Aviv all the time. There's a, a craft beer guy that was in Bethlehem. And, you know, he would go down and get stuff from Tel Aviv, and that, that was no problem, but... You know, if one day his shipment gets confiscated, then he's just out. Whereas an Israeli um, might be true for a, an Arab Israeli or Palestinian Israeli as well, but certainly for an Israeli Jew, he would have more recourse, right? And is to that, do that? But as a Palestinian living in the West Bank, you just yeah. Is that because they aren't considered citizens? Yeah, I mean they're not. They don't have. I mean it's apartheid, right? So yeah. they don't have the same laws as everything else yeah. um, like it's not it's not South African apartheid it's a different apartheid right it's not um, you, you could call there's a, a, a kind of apartheid in Canada right that in terms of First Nations and stuff that there's separate treatment and, and laws although in theory First Nations are supposed to be equal Um you know, statistics may not quite bear that out. May not quite bear that out. Um, but that's a different, so that's not South African apartheid. But yeah, I don't know. It's complicated. I mean, if you, you know, if you had a, a march against South African apartheid, who's going to be marching with you, right? The left wing, human rights people, you know, um, equality, all that good stuff, right? And who's going to be marching against you? Neo-Nazis, racists, you know, 
um, hardline right wingers or whatever, right? Yeah, xenophobes. So now have the same march for Palestinian rights, and who's marching with you? Okay, it's the same people, the left wingers, human rights. But now the neo Nazis are marching with you because it's against Israel, right? Right. <laughs> so now the racists are marching in your march because it's against Israel. The anti Semites are marching with you because it's against Israel. And so the, and the how, how do you have how, how do you police that? How do you separate that, right? I mean it's not so it's as much as you know, it's the same as South Africa. It is it is very different. And Israelis are fond of saying it's complicated and it's not the same. Right. There's truth to that, right? That there's it's not a simple you know, mix and match or something, yeah. right? And the uh the yeah, the far the far right's marching with you, but the the hard right, the Republican right, the conservative right in Canada, US um, Britain, that kind of thing, get some pretty good shots at you if you're marching for uh, Palestinian rights by calling you anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, and uh, and unfortunately you have those extreme um, people, both on the extreme far far left and far right, that are anti-Semitic and and give them some uh, give the the attacks from the the hard and and the hard right some legitimacy and and you kind of have to fight against people within your own uh, marches strikes or whatever to because right. there are some legitimate criticisms that are getting mixed in with anti-semitism yeah and and i think and it's not always um easy to spot it right you know criticism of israel is anti- anti-semitic except when it's anti-semitic <laughs> yeah so so but it's it's not easy and you know, doing some reading and stuff when I was there. I mean, there were cases where you wouldn't think that it was coming from an anti-Jewish bias or something, but if you sort of read a bit more, that that's actually where it is. And I mean, in some ways, it's similar to arguments that we see back home and stuff where people are constructing a straw man that, you know, oh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't wear a mask but i'm just saying that it shouldn't be mandatory and i'm not going to wear one in your store right Mm -hmm. so there's i mean that's a bad example but like you know there are some things where if you look at the history of certain things the history started out as the kind of anti-semi anti-semitic um approach to the world and then it morphed into a more generic or you know, less obvious message, mm-hmm. but it's still there, right? And I mean, something like with boycott, divest, uh, boycott, divest, and sanction, which is kind of coming out of the South African approach too, was at its core, this BDS is if there's an Israeli company functioning inside the West Bank, which is like which is illegally occupied land under international law, then you shouldn't buy those products. Right. Mm-hmm. So of course, so the, it's a very narrow definition, right? But that can also be, well, don't buy anything from Israel. Well, why are you doing that, right? I mean, if I'm buying something from Haifa or Tel Aviv, um, everybody agrees that those are within Israel, right? Whether forty-eight or sixty-seven. Yeah. Um, 
but somebody both you know but even there you know you could have a winery based in tel aviv who's well that wouldn't be in tel aviv but a winery uh based on the negev or something that is um sourcing grapes from land in the west bank that an israeli settler stole from a palestinian Mm -hmm. right you could you could make an argument against buying something from israel to protest like specifically the netanyahu government or the legitimate uh israeli government's treatment of palestinian people yeah um Sure. I mean, you could just not buy stuff from wherever, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I mean, Israelis will say, well, why Israel and why not, I don't know, Egypt or Sudan or, although Sudan's, I guess, turning a corner, but, um, you know, some or some other place mm-hmm. that is all escaping me right now. But China, Russia. and. Oh, yeah. China, Russia, right. You know, everybody's doing certain things that you could, you know, argue about. And I would say, yeah, okay, like maybe I won't buy from them too. But also, I thought we were talking about Israel and Israeli policies vis-a-vis Palestinians and human rights, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It it is very easy to get moved off the topic when talking with Israel, which is, and honestly, like I didn't. I tried to like when I'm on the ice, I'm there to play hockey, so I don't really want to have a political discussion. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, I kind of used, to, and even my son was playing baseball as well in the Israeli league, the Israeli house league. So, um, you know, we didn't really talk about it that unless somebody brought it up, and then we might, you know, I didn't let. I corrected lies or misconceptions when I had to, which I didn't really need to, but I didn't start a conversation so much, you know, right. unless. Yeah, like one, one kid that was a he actually worked on Palestinian land claims so you know like he he said oh do you guys go to the OPT very often which means occupied Palestinian territory and to hear an Israeli say that or Israeli Jew say that um, you're like oh okay like this is different right so he's aware of the situation more than some others right right but it, it's also like I don't know you know, it's not fair in a lot of ways to expect a random Israeli to know anything about the West Bank because they d- the only thing they see is terrorist attacks. Yeah. You know, if a um, Palestinian uh, tries to stab a border or a checkpoint guard, then then that's in the news, right? Uh, it, you know, Hamas firing rockets is in the news. So they don't see sort of the normal everyday life, right? Um, except in a few places, like the mall was very mixed. (laughs) The mall was just everybody in the neighborhood, you know, and there's a street with car mechanics in Jerusalem and Wadi Al-Jos that, you know, you'll see guys, a guy in a kippah chatting with the the mechanic or whatever, and um, mostly there'd be somebody working at the mechanic that's bilingual in Arabic and Hebrew, and it's just, you know, one big happy family. Yeah, when it comes to shopping. Um, yeah, you know, economics. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, a lot of the times, like, I used, I learned a lot in terms of, like, uh, the Jewish religion and stuff from talking to the people at baseball and hockey, and you're just like, oh, like, what's, or even some of the teachers at my son's school, it's like, oh, yeah, so what's happening to this, and what's this, 
what's this holiday about and you know when do you do this and what's the difference between you know Sephardic and Ashkenazi and Mizrahim and the different you know strands of Judaism and you know I forget half of it because there's so much going on but um, so like I could talk for another hour about how great (laughs) we had it and like these hikes in Palestine where you you're on a random hill and there's like Byzantine ruins on it. You're just like, they're just, they're just there. Right. Wow. And you go to the church of the Holy Sepulcher and you're like, yep, yeah, that's what the crusades were going to. Right. Like right here, yeah. you know, uh, St. John's and you're like that, this is where, you know, those things kind of started up and this is where they had their first hospital. And this is how, you know, we're standing in the, in the hall or there's this one restaurant, um, in the old city where the guy was had a mice problem so he kind of kept digging at his at his the wall where they were coming in he, he had just a little convenience store kiosk and he was digging through the hall and, and then behind that wall that he never knew about it was just this huge open expanse right so now he's got a restaurant in there oh wow but underneath yeah and then he's kind of digging around and stuff and underneath there's this whole set of tunnels that probably go underneath the old city of Jerusalem in all directions. That's amazing. You know, and there's an old map that may or may not depict it and may or may not be fabricated. (laughs) You never know. Um, But so you, you know, so you come around that and you, and you talk about um, this uh, friend of ours there was a Palestinian guy. We walk around the old city and have coffee and he'd be like, yeah, this is where I was hiding from the Israelis. And this is where they shot my friend. And when they would come to storm the school, this is the, like we could use any door. So we knew all the doors were and we'd run out and um, yeah. And just food and all this stuff. Like there's just, it's fascinating place. Right. Yeah. But also apart. So like, like acknowledge the apartheid, right? Which is a challenging thing to say. And even me saying that, somebody would say I'm being anti-Semitic. But you have different system of laws for different people based on nothing but, you know, race and religion. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh... yeah, but you know, and it's sad because people don't mix anymore, right? So talking like with my son's baseball coach, his wife grew up in one of the neighbors we lived in. And I was like, oh, yeah, do my shopping with the Palestinian guy. Have Like, I was learning Arabic, so practicing it with him. And she's like, oh, yeah, we used to we used to shop down there. And she's Jewish, right? And she's like, not so much anymore. You're like, yeah. yeah. It's probably been a while since you've been, you know, felt safe walking yeah. through that, right? Um, and I never felt unsafe, right? I mean, I was generally more afraid of the kids with guns because they're untrained right they're not it's not a professional army right right? Mm -hmm. so they're just you know and this is this is why you see a lot of incidents too is they're just unprepared in a lot of ways it's the same thing you see back home the way i would say it is it's very difficult for i thought it seemed to me that it was difficult for an israeli jewish person to be consistent in their worldview because if you believe in human rights, you can't you can't allow what's happening. But I I really the way I was describing it to some friends was, but there's a there's two pathways in sort of the Israeli brain, right? And if there's a threat to the existence of Israel, then you go down one pathway, and if there isn't, then you go down another pathway. 
So you, there's Black Lives Matter protests in, in Israel, and that's fine, right? Because, of course, human rights and equality, I mean, Israelis believe in it, right? It's not like they're all jerks or something. Like, they're just people, you know? Yeah. And, but now, at one of these Black Lives Matter protests, somebody raised a Palestinian flag. And I think it's very easy for me to say, well, yeah, I mean, why are people protesting? Like, why did the protests start in the States and carry throughout the world? Is because there's inequality, as proven by you know, statistics and just life experience of people of color and and black Americans and black Canadians and, and you know, everybody over the world. Somebody raises a Palestinian flag and gets attacked, right? They were attacked so at the protest. Somebody, yeah, they were attacked at the Black Lives Matter protest. Huh. Now, how can somebody be so brain dead to not see, make the connection, right? Not brain dead, that's not the right word to use, but how can they not see the connection? Yeah, and it's there's because there's a disconnect. The, right, the disconnect is Palestinians are a threat to the Israeli, you know, the Jewish state, right? And that and that's partly a lot of Netanyahu, but and Netanyahu's rhetoric and stuff coming in, but even you know. In the last election, he got 30 seats and Gantz got 30 seats, who's a retired uh, army general. And, I mean, they're not bringing peace in. So 60% of the, or 60 seats in the Knesset of, uh, I don't forget how many, I think you need 70 to have a majority. So somewhere around there. So let's just say the majority of the voters are interested in Palestinian rights. But that makes sense if you think, does that Palestinian flag represent a threat to, let's say, life and liberty in the in the Jewish state of Israel, right? Right. Then it does. And so you go down a different pathway. And there, it's not that they're – so there's this, whatever, the cognitive dissidence, right? That there, there's a conflict in those holding those two ideas, but not if you say, do I perceive this as a challenge to the existence of Israel, Right? Then you never go into that. You never see the overlapping concerns of a Palestinian in the West Bank and a, a black American in Baltimore or a black Canadian in Toronto or whatever, right? You know, how do you reconcile that? I don't know. It's above my pay grade. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was just there for uh, maybe, two, I guess, two weeks over one weekend. And, uh, I, I mean, I... Didn't obviously wasn't there for nearly as long as you, and uh, we just went we just went north, and then we went to Jerusalem, and I mean yes. the, the sort of the lushness of the north to the desert of Jerusalem, and a yeah. sort of two and a half hour drive struck me, and then the the um, just everybody has a gun, everybody has a gun there. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing that struck yeah. me. Well, it's funny because you know they they have the they have to serve right, and when you're serving, you can't leave your gun anywhere. You can't like leave it at home while you go to the bar. Right. So, so you see these things where the guys, this guy's dressed up and like he's going out to dinner or something, and his machine gun slung over his back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it's just like what's happening. It's we crazy. were hiking once and in, in um, near Galilee, and we're we're hiking along this path and you have to use you know those metal ladders they stick into the rock so you can kind of climb across yeah so your feet are on one 
metal rung and you're holding onto the rung at hand level and you're climbing along and there was there's three or four young Jewish Israelis coming the other way and they the one guy's got his gun and so like they let us go by first which is that's not an Israeli way they usually just barge in wherever they're going um, but they they kind of let us pass and then they're all talking and laughing and then like you're listening and like his gun is clanging off the metal ladder rungs or whatever right as he's hiking along this this pathway and i'm just like this is bizarre yeah yeah so you know i mean that's the thing too you just see these things where you just i can't imagine seeing it anywhere else yeah coming from canada it just doesn't mm. compute no it doesn't it's uh hey. i don't know but that's quite a derail this is dad's derail there's a cat all over the world and a uh, place we don't talk about much but we're going to start in uh, Sudan Dan you had some yep. Sudan information I did I, I was uh, saying off air that I when the Sudan revolution happened I started following a few uh, reporters and analysts and just commentators on what was happening and just a kind of a, it's a good way on Twitter to follow certain people and you you know they retweet and stuff um so i've don't follow as many anymore but one of the um people i follow whose name is uh oh yusra elbajir i think um i think her sister works for bbc uh, um but she's a journalist as well and so sudan's um a bunch of ministers have resigned and there's a cabinet reshuffle going on um so seven ministers are being replaced um i think it happened last week and um there's one female minister out but three are coming in so you know impressive plus for women representation um and then the rumors are that it's happening now because it's clearing the way for there's uh, i guess a historic deal coming to end the conflict and then some of those uh rebels would actually serve uh in, in the new government I, I'm not clear on the way the coalition government works now, but um, but it does seem like it, it's progress. Um, and they also passed a law banning FGM, female genital mutilation, um, which is another progress, but enforcement is probably the problem. I know, I think Egypt also has a law banning it, but it's still some high percentage of um, women and girls are going underneath, under, under that... Um, operation i guess <laughs> that mutilation yeah. um so i mean it's it's progress like i think it's just yeah it's good to see progress it's like a little oh you know i mean yeah. it's a long road ahead from going getting under the foot of a dictator but at least like it's it seems like it's maintaining i mean from where i sit in a house in denmark it seems like it's a maintaining the 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 hope that that the revolution kind of started you know yeah, it's I mean, good. it's an impressive people's revolution. Like, it was really amazing what happened there. So, to know that it's it hasn't, you know, some strong man hasn't come in and taken it over. Yeah, yeah. But what do you got? Uh, well, there was a sad story in the states. There were at a some a protester actually ended up shooting a an eight year old in an eight year old girl, I think, in Atlanta. Um, oh. I can't pronounce her name. Her last name was Turner. Can you pronounce that, Dale? 
Sicoria? Yeah, sure. These, uh, you know, when the you see the cops shooting people, and that's bad, but you don't want the protesters shooting people either. So this person really, I think, they, they need to catch this person and make sure they're put away. Mm-hmm. I, it's It just gives a... It, it taints the protests as well. Like oh, it, absolutely, yeah. It gives yeah. A, a bad name to an important cause, I think. I'm surprised the protesters didn't sort of out this person. Yeah. No, that does yeah, surprise yeah, me. Yeah, that's weird. Um, Unless they kind of split quickly or something. But maybe. yeah, it's, it's weird that you'd think people... I mean, you see a lot of the protesters when somebody's breaking a window and other protesters will come in and stop them from doing it, right? Yeah. It's like, that's not the point of the protest. To be fair, I did um, look this story up, I think, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. So maybe now they have caught the person. Right. I didn't I didn't double check yet. But last I checked, I hadn't I hadn't seen that that they'd been caught on my news feed. So mm-hmm. then I heard uh, there was quite a bit of rain in your area. There was. But fortunately, that was when we were in Norway. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Your house was so OK. It- I had the house. We came back to a dry house. Oh, that's good. So that's good. Two um, weeks worth of rain in two days. Yeah, that's yeah. Insane. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Yeah, I never. I haven't experienced. I mean, it rains often. Um, I mean, that's the difference between Israel and Palestine and and Denmark. Is <laughs> in Israel you have the rainy season, and then in March or April there's just no more rain until November. Right. Like literally no rain. It's not like you get a shower here. It's just there's just no more rain. Um, so here, there's just always a chance of rain. <laughs> uh, That's not but much yeah, of that here. Seems, yeah, that seems like a lot. We got a bit of rain in Norway, um, but it, yeah, I mean, I can see the streets running with water here, wow. Jim. That's happening. Yeah. Then <laughs> uh, Bolsonaro came down with COVID. That's the Brazilian. <laughs> president mm-hmm. yeah so uh it was, we were just talking about him last week because he was allowing um some some uh gold mine well not really allowing but just wasn't trying to find some gold miners in the rainforest plus he plans on just handing over a bunch of the rainforest and the the na- he says the natives there have way too much land yeah so he wants to cut down the rainforest but uh yeah. So so it feels a little like karma, though I don't want anybody to be sick and, and die, but it just feels like, yeah. I don't care that he's sick. I don't want him to die, but he's allowed to be sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, I mean, yeah. He's Hope he changes guy. his attitude. Yeah, maybe. Because his whole thing change. during all of this has been like, ah, you don't need to wear a mask. He almost never wears a mask. He's like, he's taking a very, very laissez-faire attitude to this whole thing and doesn't, didn't really seem to believe in its seriousness. So it does. It does feel like comeuppance. Yeah, I saw. I saw a story where a man in Samoa served an extra five years in prison, longer than his sentence. Yeah, past his sentence. <laughs> and when he got out, he just said nobody told him it was over. Now, I, I'm sort of on the fence on this one because I, I, th- I think if I was in jail, I would know the date where I get out, and I'd be like, "Hey, I was supposed to get out yesterday. Why am I still in jail?" This guy sits there for five extra years. Uh, okay, somebody should have been keeping track. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, some sorry, some input or something was wrong there on the computer. But but still, there has to be a little bit of accountability. Ah, uh, no, I disagree. I don't think you're responsible for keeping track of your jail time when you're in jail. 
But you would just know. I feel like you would just know. Mate, clearly this guy didn't. Do you know what day of the week it is in Corona times? (laughs) Every day is the same. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Like, it probably just all blended together. Maybe jail is just like a quarantine. I guess it kind of is. You didn't necessarily get a calendar. It's, I mean, like, yeah, I think I would know when I was getting out. And I think most people would know when they're getting out. But at the end of the day, that's not my job. It's somebody's job to keep track of it, and he served five extra years in prison, and I think he should get some sort of compensation. I'm sure he will. Although I don't know uh, I don't know what the laws are like there. If it was the States, he definitely would. Isn't... Oh, no, there's a Samoa and there's American Samoa. So, different place. Yeah. Then I was reading about your... Uh, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts about your um, prime minister there? It's the youngest prime minister Denmark yeah. has had, and... Uh, How's how's she doing? Um, I'd say she's doing well in terms of the way they handled COVID. Um, I, it's I'm you know it's still early days yet. We haven't even been here a year. Um, I mean, she's better than the last one who was more right wing. Um, I think she's kind of center. I'm still figuring out the Danish political parties because right. they're, they're used. It's now I think a, the conservative party here, but it used to be called the right. Hoira, the right, mm-hmm. and then there was a party called Left or Venstre, but Venstre is actually center right. It's just their left of Hoira, right? The right <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the radical left, who is actually more a center party. <laughs> you would think radical left would kind of be somewhere with the communists, but no, they're centrists in in Denmark. And now there's a a new party just started. That's kind of um, anti-religion, and may, I still just read it yesterday. So it's it seems to be anti-religion and um, more sort of social, um, not conservative, whatever the opposite of conservative is, socially liberal, um, except for religion. Um, and they're called the new center left. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening politically with the Social Democratic Party, which I think is what... Um, Meta's party is yeah something like that. Um, Although it's some sort yeah. of coalition, so, right? Between three parties, I think. Yeah, um, at least three that need to pass laws. Yeah, and but they've had coalitions like that for a while, and um, I think Meta Friedrichsen won the won this one because she. So the previous election was where the more right wing parties gained power, including the you know every country has its racist party. So. Yeah the Danish party, um, anti-immigration, you know, whatever, I guess you, I don't know if you would say family values, but you know, heritage values. Right. Um, but so she kind of stole some of their ideas on immigration, um, a bit more watered down, but, um, so they lost their, they're actually, um, way down in the polls. I think they had 12% in the previous election. They're down below four or five now. And and they're also splintering so um, good news I guess for human rights and whatever yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah so so I'm still like I think as a as from what I've seen in the way she's handled the corona crisis like no question she's a good leader I think partly the coalition helps with that where you have to um, you know you have to make a compromise you have to make smart decisions you have to listen to your health minister or whatever. And yeah. I think they, in their press conferences there, it was, yeah, it was, um, 
It was like, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. I think socially, even when the um, economy was being shut down, I I think Danes felt comfortable that the government would look after them. You know, right. even mm-hmm. before the announcements came out. Um, and I was talking to a couple of Norwegians as well, and he's he's on temporary layoff from a. I think he worked at an automotive factory. Him and his girlfriend. So he's uh, he's going back to work in a couple of weeks, I think. But he, I was saying, well, did, were you worried when you got laid off? He's like, no, I knew the government would do something, right? Um, which I think is different than Canada, right? Like, you lose your job and you're like, well, what's going to happen now? You yeah. don't have that comfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I, she seems pretty switched on, and that's good. How do they? Um, is there? Is it similar to Canada, like ridings, and then you the, there's a leader of the party, or is it, uh, or is it sort of like more like Australia, where they have, um, you know, they use the percentage of the votes to see how many seats you get? Or, do you know? I don't know. I think it's first past the post. Still, I don't. I haven't heard anything about ranked ballots, but I don't know what the Danish word for ranked is. So <laughs> I may have heard it. Yeah, no, that part I don't know. I'm still just trying to figure out who the parties are. And, right, yeah, still and working then you on go, that. you go down this rabbit hole of how the radical left is the centrist. Yeah. it's uh, then, you, then you go to bed. Yeah. All right. It's open list proportional representation with a 2% election threshold. What Ooh. does that mean? Uh, it means Googling. you go to the polls and you vote for the party you want, and then um, the... The seats are divided amongst the parties by uh, whatever percentage of the popular vote you got is the percentage of seats you get, and you need at least two percent of the vote to get one to seat. Get one seat. So if you get under two percent, you don't get a seat. Right. Okay. That's that's right. what I thought. The, the um, so that's that's a. Uh, so seems and the fair. open list, I guess, means if I get twenty seats, then I'm choosing those twenty from a list that I've published somewhere yes yes the parties have yeah. a list of like you know you get one seat the person on top of the list and that's generally the leader of the party and then uh um i i don't know if they're required to publish it or what but um right. but yes, open the, list the seems to suggest, suggest sort of that publishing. it's published yeah. and it'd be like closed yeah. list if it wasn't published yeah so, but yes, the the parties internally make a list of who's going to get the seats. You know, it's one. not just alphabetical. No, and there's 179 seats, so they'll list people one to 179, um, knowing that the bottom people won't get in. Yeah, it would, it was, <laughs> if you got 20 seats, it would suck to be 21. Yeah, 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 it yeah would. It would. Yeah, but I mean, like the the Social Democrats right now, the government have 48 seats, and they're the largest party. So you know, you're not. With proportional representation, you're not getting anywhere near a majority. No, you definitely need to work with other yeah. groups. I think if you're ever if if Canada ever moved that way, I think they'd be the same. You 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 rarely would get enough votes to be governed on your own. Yeah, no. Right now, it says I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. Um, the, the government is the Social Democrats, and you didn't so- have to tell people. They would just <laughs> thought you were really smart. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're uh, doing your research beforehand, not as <laughs> right as we go. My research. <laughs> Um, but it says they're These supported by... These young people by, today, they're so quick. Yes. It says they're supported by six different parties. The Social mm. Liberal Party, the Socialist People's Party, the Red-Green Alliance, um, and then three very small parties that I think are like subsidiaries of the Social Democrats, but they each have one seat. But the big ones are the Red-Green Alliance, the Socialist People's Party, and the Social Liberal Party. Is that Red-Green the Canadian comedian? 
now. I believe so, yeah. He immigrated to Denmark. And started uh, his own party. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was chasing the hygge. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, and what was the what was the Danish approach to COVID? Like, what, what how do you... Do you know how it differed so, from what we did here, and 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 why why do you think it it worked? Well, it was much more. Um, it was less wishy washy. Uh, it was like, yeah, we're shutting down, and it was early. I don't think it was the earliest um, in Europe, but it was quite early, um, and pretty strict um in terms of like everybody was like you are not going to the office like everybody is working from home full stop schools are closed um cafes can open but you can't sit in them um grocery stores stayed open uh, but they put a lot of precautions in place uh, a lot of shops so like one of my local cafes they had a max two customers in the shop at one time um which was in danish and i misread it um but so we went in with the three of us oh. <laughs> and i was like well is it two customers admittedly the i did say customers but i was like is that two people yeah or two groups of customers because yeah. you know it's kind of the same approach so we we confused them a little bit but i just i played the non non-danish speaking person yeah that <laughs> that's a good time to play um, that card yeah, in a cafe, I, my Danish can get me a cup of coffee, but I can't get much past that. And the Danish. I talk about the weather or, or the uh, you know political system and the Danish, yeah. which they call Vienna bread <laughs> um, or cinnamon snail. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's, so that's actually a good so name. They, they look like snails yeah, and they have cinnamon that's in them. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, but so they, yeah, they shut it down pretty quick. Nobody could go to school. Um, government schools and international schools so they went online um they had about three or four days downtime and then they you know everybody was in a google meet um for their classes um kelly was working from home uh every you know my neighbors were all working from home um and that lasted at least a month i mean honestly i don't know what time is anymore but um it's a month a month and a half and you couldn't at that time, I don't think you could gather. Um, it was really like stay home, come out when you need to. You don't worry about a mask; just keep two meters distant. Um, the trains and the buses um, had res- like strict conditions on them as well. So there's and, and people are pretty good. Like you'd see at the at the cafe when like some cafes are really small, and so only one person can be in there. And so you'd see 10 people lined up down the street because they're two meters apart, right? right. So there's, there's huge lines, but nobody's close to each other. Um, and so that was for about a month or so. And then I think maybe the max at that time was five people. And then they moved to 10. Um, but people were still working from home. Um, Kelly's office is going up to, I think, 65% or is at 65% capacity now. So there's managing like who goes in and when. Right. Um, and then they also still have to be distant within the office. So you can't, you can't have a hundred percent because right. people would be too close together. Yeah. Uh, so that, that worked really well. And I think one of the other things was, and this is, you know, why I sort of I liked her approach. Um, these press conferences with 
her, the, I don't know what they're called, the health ministry and then some other health thing, um, Stat Serum Institute, um, which I think is that Danish health agency that um, announced the new drug. Um, so, so they would have these press conferences and they would be, a you know, two meters apart at different podiums and, and the, the reporters would like come in one by one or whatever and ask a question, but their answers seemed to be, you know, I was only understanding 30% of their Danish, but, um, you know, maybe 50% with the subtitles, but, uh, their answers were very direct, right? If you look at the way Trump talks, or Trudeau talks, or Andrew Scheer, right? It's like they're trying to think of the next word when they're saying a word, right? right. They don't want to get themselves into hot water. Whereas I think when Meta was speaking, she was, it was she gave the answer. Like the reporter would ask a question, she would give the answer. And that may be because this coalition was hashing out the rules, right? They weren't coming up with the rules themselves with you know, little or no, um, like, background in how they came to the rules, they probably had to discuss the ideas a lot. So she probably knows why they came to those decisions, right? And so she would come out and say, yeah, we're, it is pretty harsh, but we you, we can see what's happening around the world, and this is what we need to do to, to contain it, to make sure the health system isn't um, overrun, you know, take care of the people. Um, but she was also quick to, a fairly quick, to say um, there'd be some funding for people that are out of work. Uh, I think it's up to 80% of your... They pay 80% of your salary based on the same time last year. So one of the... I know a tour guide here, a Danish tour guide. Hmm. So she would submit how much she made last year during the COVID time, and she would get 75% of it back, right? Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. That's pretty good. So, yeah, so you—I mean, you're not going to the poorhouse for that, right? You're probably still making your mortgage payments, and, and I don't know if they have any. I wasn't paying attention in terms of like if they have mortgage relief or anything like that. I imagine they would, um, but it, it's, it was also, you know, I think the Danish society is ready to follow the rules. Um, they're, you know, that's just. They have the rules. They have. They like rules. They like to the freedom of that. But there's freedom within the rules, right? So, yeah. you know, if you walk around here, there's no fences at the edge of the harbor. So if you're walking and you fall into the harbor, well, like you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. So whereas back home you'd have a fence everywhere. Absolutely. So, so there's that kind of freedom, but also you know don't ever ride your bike where you're not supposed to ride it because everybody's going to yell at you, right? <laughs> so you don't have you know all that freedom. So there is a kind of community, and it's small, right? It's five million people. So I think you can do that, and it's a little bit easier to manage. Um, so and then yeah, and and people follow the rules like they just uh, that's the key. You know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we did have the the kind of flare-ups where, I mean, it rains all the time. So when the sun's out, the Danes are out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there was the first really nice weekend, a bunch of Danes, like, call them 18 to 30-year-olds, you know, Dylan's, Dylan's group <laughs> with their shenanigans and their partying. Um, they all gathered at this one popular spot to gather and... Uh, it 
caused a bit of a uproar. And so the police said, okay, nobody can stop here for the next week, right? Um, and like you could, if you were resting on a bench, you had to prove that you were tired, <laughs> basically. Like, um, give your heart yeah, like, rate or something? Or? Yeah, I, I don't mean, I guess if you were old, but if you looked able bodied, then, you know, move along. Yeah. Ask, the police would ask you to move on or give you a ticket. If you were using a playground, I saw a news report where this woman was like, well, there was no, it wasn't taped off. And there was no one here, so I thought my kid could just play here for five minutes. Like, we're locked up in the house, you know? Like, let's get him outside. She got, like, a $500 ticket. Wow, that's steep. Yeah, it's very steep, right? So that was shut down for a month. And then they painted circles on the, on the gathering spots so that you're like, you can have 10 people in this circle, and this circle is two meters distant from the next person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they opened it up. So... I mean, you know, it's like they say, oh, New Zealand did so well. It's like, yeah, okay, so first thing, be a remote island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, so that's what I the said. first it's... step, right? Shut the borders, yeah. be a remote island, and then, you know, work from there, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Denmark is like, shut your borders, five million people. Yeah. Not And not dense, right? I think, I don't know, a population of Copenhagen proper is maybe 600,000 and then a million and a bit with the... You know, sort of far suburbs, right. the commuter dense, right? And there isn't a lot of, it's not very dense. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why in Israel, a lot of the Orthodox community was, was hit harder because it, they're tightly packed, packed in. Right? And there's a lot of, yeah. packed in not only them, right? Like, they might have five or six kids, but also their neighbors do. Yeah. And, the, you know, so yeah. um, those kinds of, or like we're talking about, in Syria that, you know, you got a million people living in tents all cramped together and once the yeah, COVID it's a recipe for, there, yeah. You know, yeah. Like I really, I'm impressed with how they shut it down here and how people followed the rules. And, you know, once they opened it up to be like, okay, you could sit in the cafe now, like everybody's got the hand sanitizer everywhere. Yeah. Like, and, and everybody's using it, right? I think now I would say there's maybe a bit of slippage in terms of people being aware that like coronavirus exists, huh. right? Because you're doing too, we're, doing too well. Yeah, like it's almost it, again, it's not it's that uncanny valley, right? So it's almost normal, except there's hand sanitizer everywhere. Like this, we did this ten kilometer hike. 20 like 10 in and 10 out in norway to this ledge called trolltonga and to get to the ledge the rock ledge to walk out on the ledge you have to climb down this metal ladder right Mm. there's hand sanitizer station at the top of the ladder and at the bottom of the ladder (laughs) in the middle of nature yeah yeah somebody hikes this 10 kilometers in with this freestanding hand sanitizer thing and then somebody also has to come in periodically and replace the hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nope. So, yeah. Sorry, what's the yeah. like? Here they announced the the deficits like three hundred and forty three billion, the biggest it's been in years because, and a lot largely due to the the COVID relief. And Trudeau said we're. I don't want to steal from the next segment, but he said we're taking on debt so that Canadians didn't have to. So if you're paying, if Denmark's paying 75% of people's wages, what have they said 
how much this costs and is there going to be a big deficit there or did they have uh did they have a lot of money lying around i haven't seen the numbers um but they have a high tax rate so you're the if you're i don't know what the thing is but if you're in the highest tax bracket that top tax range is like 80 percent. wow right so if you're if and i don't know what it is right let's say you're making you're a ceo you're making a million dollars well probably the last 300 to 500,000 of that is taxed at 80%. So they but have some money. So they have some money. Um, and and the thing, I think, it, like that tax rate, like Danes believe in it, right? I mean, that's what pays for your your roads and your health care and your, you know, so nobody's, I don't hear people complaining about the taxes. Right. I mean, there's a lot, like they'll say, well, we pay a lot of tax. But then they'll also say, but then we get value for it. Yeah, as long as that, and I don't, I think the problem, at least here, is not the tax that you pay. It's the feeling that it's not being put to good use. So as long as it's being put to good use, I don't think people have a problem paying taxes. Right. And I think when you're a smaller country, you can see it being put to use easier than if you're an Albertan paying federal tax. But seeing Ontario get a new highway or something, I yeah. don't know what yeah. example is, right? Like, I think it's when you're spread out and when you're bigger, and like America's um, that way too, is like, where, what does giving my money to Washington give me here in Iowa, right? right? I don't know if that kind of information trickles down and stuff. Denmark doesn't have um, states or provinces or anything, right? They, so. This is a part. This is a part of Wikipedia. Haven't gone down yet. Yeah. But, so they have regions, mm-hmm. which and they. I mean, and they have regions. I did talk to my neighbor about this because I was trying to figure out sort of representation. So, the municipality is part of a region, and then I think that's it. Like I don't think there's much more than that, but I, I could be wrong. And but they do. You know, there's three main islands. Four, I guess, if you include Bornholm. But so, you know, there's Shalin or Zealand, where Copenhagen is. There's Foon, where Odense is, which is the home of Hans Christian Andersen. And then there's Jutland. Um, I don't know what's there except nature, and that's oh. where they make like that's the Newfoundlanders of Denmark. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's it's pretty large, and actually, they just had a celebration because. It was part of Germany until after the like it was Denmark, and then Denmark lost it. I think in the First World War, and then they got it back. They got half of it back in the Second World War after a referendum. That region, so half the region voted to stay in Denmark, and half the region voted to stay in Germany um, on that side. So, but I, like I don't like you don't have a representative for all of Jutland, for example, that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. I've long thought that a lot of the problems um, when, you know, when it comes to regionalism within countries is, you know, an Albertan paying federal taxes and then seeing it go to work in Ontario and they're like, well, why am I paying it? I think the problem is they're thinking of Alberta versus Ontario instead of Canada. And I think you can have the problem, same problem in the U.S. And I think that's the problem of a federalist system versus a unitary system. Yeah, I think it's a harder sell 
I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's a harder sell now than it was when I was growing up. And I don't know if that was just because I was ignorant when I was 10 years old, right? Yeah. Like, it, but it just seems like, you know, we have this, this transfer system of the haves to the have-nots, and, and then the have-nots seem to become haves, but still getting <laughs> transfer payments. And, and it's like, well, now you're squabbling over this instead of this rallying around a, a national need, right? Well, I think it started um, with the, the Reform Party, which really played up the regionalism um, uh, for the West. And I think it's now a card played by conservatives to for political gain. And they exacerbate it and make it worse for the sake of uh, their careers and their power. Yeah, but also because it works. Yes, yes. Right? It, it, it works to say, like, oh, we're going to take care of ourselves. Like, what has Ontario ever done for Alberta or something? Yeah. I don't know why we keep picking those two. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. And I, I don't, like, see, one thing here, though, is to right? You have representation. When you vote in the federal election, you're voting for that person in your region or your, um, uh, what's it called? It's not Ward. Riding. 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 Yeah, sorry. Um, so, right, whereas, like, see, here, where they're voting on a list, then you're like, well, if I'm living in Copenhagen, I'm voting based on my, on the party that most suits my ideals, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not voting for somebody who's going to make Copenhagen better or fight for my neighborhood in Copenhagen. I'm, I'm, they're going to fight for my ideas, whatever those are. But like Israel has a similar system with the list, and I think it doesn't work there because I can't as a because somebody living in Haifa is living a totally different existence than somebody in Tel Aviv and somebody in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And the things that a voter in Jerusalem may want to see in Jerusalem are not as, like, there's definitely ideological voting, like, masses of it, um, but, you like, there's no way for somebody in Jerusalem to say, look, I want better garbage service across the city, even in the Palestinian neighborhoods, right? I want better water, right? I have to somehow find a party that has that in its platform, Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to have that in their platform, right? So there's a value in being able to express your ideas locally. But somehow you have to stop it be- before, like you say, this regionalism gets in the way of national unity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we got uh, Trudeau and Trump and uh, I don't know how to say her name, but the Prime Minister of Denmark were thrown in this... Uh, Fredrikse? Yeah, Fredrikse. Sure. I said, I probably... If said yeah, I think we off. covered... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we did. We, we did talk right. about her a bit, but mm-hmm. if anything else comes up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Trudeau this week skipped a meeting in Washington with uh, the Mexican president and Trump. Um, really... Hard to blame him on that. Yeah. It was it was to celebrate the the new NAFTA, which you're not allowed to call NAFTA. 
Yeah, I honestly, I'm surprised that the Mexican president's going. Yeah. Especially since, you know, without Trudeau there to be the intermediary, the Mexican president, AMLO, he's... Maybe he's going to pay for the wall. <laughs> Maybe I just got to make a payment. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's yeah. a pretty left-wing but guy. But I thought Mexico closed their border. Didn't Mexico close the border with the states? I would hope so. <laughs> I think so. I think they did. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're putting up a wall. Yeah. So uh, there was that, and then of course this escalating uh, we scandal, which uh, the conservatives want a criminal investigation now. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I don't know why. I guess I, I don't think it doesn't seem to me that there was anything criminal, but they, I'd see. I think Trudeau's made so many uh, inroads with so many people because of how he's done COVID, mm-hmm. and he's he's pretty popular here right now. This feels like uh, just a mechanism to bring him down a notch, so that yeah. they can, so that when they force an election, he's not going to trounce everybody. Yeah, like they want to hit him hard while they can. Yeah, uh, and this seems to be the only thing that they're able to hit him with right now. Yeah, it's, I agree. But it's the, the one consistent thing that he's done, right? Is make these ethical, like, questionable, ethical, questionably ethical uh, decisions there, right? Yeah, like, yeah, he's. And it, this seems like just a, uh, I don't know, like sometimes I think nobody's like crossing their T's and checking their I's, you know, like they're, yeah, it's, how do you, how do you do this? Like you have to know all the, like you're involved with the organization. You have to say, well, I've done some things for these guys. Like maybe they are the biggest and maybe, which I mean, apparently is not actually true any from what the latest reporting is, but you know, whatever, maybe this is a good choice. But it has to be made by a third independent party. Oh, yeah, the, just not him. You know, like, yeah, like you just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where he, I don't know. To me, it's like just disappointing. Yeah, you know, they, this like, the government seems to be making like the Trudeau government makes a lot of seemingly easily avoidable blunders that makes them just look extraordinarily clumsy. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. They don't have a strong hand. You know. No, and and they're afraid to to make the strong hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, even with the COVID stuff, not to go back to that, but everything goes back to COVID. Absolutely. Um, you know, when he came out and said, well, like people were like, well, will these people with um, offshore tax havens be eligible for support? And he is, his, was like, well, wishy-washy, well, you know, we're in. You know, they have Canadian employees, you know, whatever. And then he comes eventually after the backlash. He's like, okay, we won't give them support. But Fridjiksa was like, yeah, no, you didn't pay your taxes here. So you're not getting the support of the tax money from Denmark. Yeah. Like right away. She's like, yeah, you made your choice to keep your money over there. So go use that money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that's it's, it is a bit, uh, it seems like that's the obvious decision, whereas he came out sort of wishy-washy in the beginning. So Yeah. And there is a lot of that. Oh, yeah. He's, like, the whole government just looks so flimsy with him at the head. But who else? I mean, yeah. is there is there anyone there after him that is potentially better? Christia Freeland. Yeah? The deputy prime yeah. minister. She's yeah. She is a strong, hard person. She's very decisive, very... Uh, um, like in her work as trade minister and foreign affairs minister and now deputy prime minister, she has been very effective. She has uh, very successfully 
uh, negotiated across party lines with people like Doug Ford and Jason Kenney to come to agreements. Um, and, and especially as a work in trade minister, as I said, she was very decisive, provided a very strong hand. And as foreign affairs minister was uh, just as like uh, hard and didn't, didn't put up with stuff, you know, took some hard stances on Russia and China while still maintaining uh, diplomacy. Um, I think she's next in line for liberal leadership and I think she'll be fantastic. Oh, that's good. It's interesting. The, uh, the, uh, uh, just talking about hard lines on China. When are they going to stop using these Huawei phones here? I, I don't understand that. Yeah, it seems like an unnecessary risk. There's some background noise. It's just Gene came in to grab some flour. I heard the door. Huh. I heard the door open. The mic's sensitive, honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you making? I can't hear it in Denmark. What are you making? <laughs> Oh, we don't know what she's making. We'll find out later. And then uh, it's always it's always Trudeau's the shortest part of this section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trump. Well, uh, this this we thing could be longer next it, week. Maybe. You know? Yeah, we'll see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Trump officially drops out of the WHO. So I've read that takes a year. So if he loses the election, I think Biden will just say, forget about that. We're back in. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> if, if Trump happens to win the election and they drop out, it'll be a much different organization. And then how long till, you know, like if you're out of that one, are you, are you going to keep going to the UN? Are you going to keep going to other like, global things? And well, I mean, are you going to kick the UN out of their New York offices? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or to, yes. at least Trump. Charge more rent, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. He's so that's interesting. And then, and then uh, another. Well, well, COVID. Well, well, COVID cases are rising, and now the deaths are starting to tick up as well. He still finds time to to tweet about uh, football team names because that's presidential. <laughs> and yeah. he's he says uh, his tweet on Monday was. They name their teams out of strength, not weakness. But now the Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians, two fabled sports franchises, look like they're going to be changing their names in order to be politi- politically correct. Indians, like Elizabeth Warren, must be very angry right now. And that's just wrong on so many levels. That yeah, tweet. I think yeah. it's very interesting that he chose to attack Elizabeth Warren there. Um, because Why? She's yeah. not running for president anymore. She's pretty much out of the vice presidential running. Like, why, why bother? Like, you don't have any political politically gain anything from that. And uh, I mean, obviously, he doesn't uh, understand the issue. But what does he understand? And two <laughs> fabled sports franchises? Do they not exist? Are they fake <laughs> in fairy tales? <laughs> like, mm, it's. Crazy. Oh, that's a stretch. Weird. It's weird. He's weird. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like whatever happened during the you know with Elizabeth Warren that he still seems to be, like all these it. petty things. He they still bother him yeah. all yeah. the time. Like he you know yeah he's so bizarre. He's a child. He's he's a he's a yeah. he's a he's a like he's in grade three or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean that whole it's, thing was like a year and a half ago where that happened. The nations moved on, except. He hasn't. <laughs> yeah. The uh, and you you were mentioning a series of Obama tweets about defunding the police. Yeah. So he 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 had this whole Twitter thread 
uh, and it's just the contrast between Trump's tweets yeah. and, you know, I don't follow Obama, but somebody I follow must have retweeted him. So the, this whole tweet thread about, oh, here's an interesting article on what that would look like. And then there's probably seven or eight articles. And one was like, and here's the opposing view of what, you know, um, for someone that doesn't agree with some of the, the people that are talking about defunding the police. And it was just this really... You know, just so here's seven or eight articles that you could read and educate yourself, so that you could have a bit more of an understanding of the situation that they're that you know people are talking about when they say defund the police. No, you mean like a, a logical approach? That's interesting. That's <laughs> yeah, novel. It's like coming from the states. Oh, yeah, you don't understand this topic. Well, here's seven different writers of varying opinions on that could help you educate you on the matter. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. It was. It's just night and day. Longing for just stable. It doesn't even need to be Obama. Just stable leadership down there. Just, yeah. Just, just some sort of common sense, any sort. <laughs> and then yeah, it's uh, it also the the schools reopening. It looks like Trump's going to force that through too, or at least try to. Yeah, I. I mean. I mean, I like that he, I think in his tweet, he used Denmark, Germany, and Norway as if, like, they're at all in the same position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, three, um, three countries that have it under control are opening their schools, so so can we. Yeah, yeah right. Schools are opening. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's funny because even when, so Govan was off school for maybe a month, at, like, in, in school from home. And then he went back for three weeks or towards the end of school, right? And the elementary grades, um, like daycare to grade five, went back a few weeks before them. Um, but they had, you know, they had to clean their desks in between um, classes, right? Like sanitize the desks, and they had to, all the desks were separated. And said so they used to sit around pods in some classes. Um, one of the teachers was like, you guys just stand outside and stay, you know, socially distant from each other. Because I'll clean all the desks because you guys have probably been inhaling enough of this <laughs> stuff every day that we'll just we'll reduce that risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just a totally different situation, you know. Yeah, I'm curious what happens. Like school starts here in six weeks, mid August. Okay. So I'm curious what kind of like I'm sure hand sanitizers would like. I think that just might be a standard thing now going forward everywhere uh, yeah which would be great like you know you walk into the home depot and you sanitize your hands and like what if everybody just sanitized their hands every time they walked into a bar or a restaurant or something yeah yeah it's so not hard great. it's not hard yeah. it's an e- it seems like an easy fix if that's going to be if that solves a lot of the problems then let's just do it it's not yeah, yeah. i don't think it'll solve but it'll definitely help hell well yeah. right i mean it's it's a little a little tick in the the plus column right yeah mm-hmm um yeah didn't write this down but i just saw it today i think i think now um and this is exactly what the experts predicted however as of as of this whole week trump's been treat, tweeting yes we have more cases but it's because we test more and our deaths aren't up and all the experts have said the deaths the deaths rising are two weeks behind um the 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 cases uptick and now we're starting to see deaths rise uh, in in those states like Florida and Texas and California, um, and and the death tolls are starting to go up, and it's uh, it's an issue. 
it's uh it's a big problem and they and he's just plowing ahead with opening schools opening the countries opening businesses opening everything yeah he's really the worst person to be in charge during a moment like this it's super unfortunate but uh you know i wonder if he would have handled it different differently if this wasn't this close to an election probably not I feel like he might have because his only chance is the economy's booming. Vote for me. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It still would have hit the economy. Yeah, it, but if it wasn't, if this was his first year, he could have shut everything down for two years, opened it back up, and had a booming economy. The time you know you have a year to recover before the election. It wouldn't be booming. It would be an economy in recovery. But you're right. An economy in recovery would look better than an economy tanking. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Right now, everything he's doing is tanking the economy. So I no, I know. But I think his goal is to get the economy back up and running. Yeah. Rather than worrying about people dying. Yeah. It's uh. Who knows? Maybe. Is there many, uh, just as off topic a little bit, but but starting to make their way around here are these uh, videos of, of people throwing tantrums in stores uh, because they're asked to wear a mask. Um, is there anything like that happening in Denmark? Or no, they're rule followers. If they say wear a mask, they'll wear a mask. Yeah, well, nobody's... Yeah, I mean, we don't have to wear a mask unless you think it's good for you right or you're at, in a high risk category then right. you should probably wear one i mean you don't have to but you probably should and if you're at the airport now that they've opened the airport you have to wear a mask inside the airport and on planes although i don't know anybody that's flown anywhere so i think while you're on the plane as long as you're not eating or drinking you should have your mask on yeah. um, and in the airport you have to have a mask but they'll give you one or sell you one for cheap if you don't have one right and I haven't heard anything about people complaining about it. But yeah. we don't have the, the same amount of touch points where, like, I don't wear a mask ever, right? I right. walk into the coffee shop and I walk into the grocery store. And, you know, I've maybe seen 10 masks in my, my whole time here since, since you know, March or whatever when the shutdown happened. Right. Um, but, but they – so – so ironically, speaking of that, we had there was a Black Lives Matters protest here a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks ago, uh, in front of the American Embassy, and then they walked. I think they must have walked to the. I guess they walked to the Parliament. I don't know if it's the Parliament or the the Royal Palace, uh, whose name I'm forgetting, Amelienborg. Um, but anyway, so but there was another protest going on of people who wanted to the airports to open. So they, there were, there was a protest. So there was like 15,000 people at the black lives matters protests and less than a hundred, I think at this <laughs> other protest to open up the borders so that people could have their vacations. Right. And so there was, there were people there with their little carry on luggage with slogans taped to the side of them, you know, let me fly or whatever. I don't know <laughs> what it was. Um, but so that's the only thing that even remotely, comes near it and right. honestly like everybody knew that the borders were going to be open a, mm. in a couple of weeks after that so yeah. i think people are just like anxious right right um but i think yeah yeah we've got there's these- nothing i mean we don't have the restrictions either right i mean that's the other thing is nobody's like i think there's some concern i would say following like sort of the expat group on facebook that the the students and like the people that are picking up shifts um, 
in bars and stuff like that, I think they're having trouble because I don't know if the government's helping them out at all. And they still have to make their rent. And they, So I think those people are the people that are maybe complaining, but not complaining about starting up the economy or something. It's like complaining about, like, well, the government should be helping us. Right, <laughs> right. So it's a different, it's not that anger. It's like, you know. Yeah. So it's different. Help here. And then a lot of times it'll be like, oh, yeah, well, you should go to this person. And then, like, and there's a lot of unions here. It's like, well, this union should be able to help you because you should be part of that union already. And, you know, some of it's just navigating right. the, the right tax. Yeah, where they should be. Yeah. yeah. As a, a foreigner in town, sort of thing. There's been a number, a number of videos that have gone viral over here and where people in, various grocery stores and and whatnot where the store's policy is wear a mask um you know they feel they don't have to and uh and and then they do temper tantrums and throw groceries and it sometimes turns even racial um but mm-hmm. it just feels like uh, i don't know it's, it's like i heard somebody say there's a no shirt no no shoes no service why can't you have it? Like, what's the difference? You don't protest that. Nobody walks around with their shoes and shirt off saying, you must cash me through. If the store's policy is a mask, then you wear a mask. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's just, uh, it's almost unbelievable seeing it because it's just so immature and stupid. And to see a grown person throwing a hissy fit in the middle of a grocery store over such a simple thing it's ridiculous. Yeah, it feels like, from what you say of Denmark, if the rule was wear a mask, they would likely wear masks. Yeah, they would just yeah. be like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah. I mean, we have to keep everybody safe. Yeah, and I just I don't I, get what the uh, what the big fuss is here. No, and I I kind of like I don't know is it is it like a representation of the stress and the uncertainty that certain people are under, and they don't have the skills to you know the skills to handle it like because i am the same way it's like if i had to put on a mask i would put on a mask yeah like i don't it's not hard no right and if if the mask is hurting my ears then i would get a different mask that i could wrap around my head right if you know like yeah there's lots of options yeah and i but i think if i'm i don't know if like i'm i'm near the poverty line or i'm you know, stressing about, you know, like, I don't have a lot of stresses in my day. So if I had to do this one thing, it's not going to push me over the edge. But if I drove to the big box store and I forgot my mask, and but I have, this is my only chance to do it because I got to pick up a double shift and my rent's due and I don't have it because I lost, you know, I usually work three shifts a day or whatever, right? Like, um, but you like it doesn't seem that those are the people that are on the videos anyway freaking out it's just it's yeah it seems people mostly that are, privileged people yeah yeah it's like, pretty like, crazy you know i don't want to underestimate the stress that this uncertainty could be causing somebody right mm-hmm. fair it doesn't you know right i mean it doesn't excuse the immature behavior like it's still immature it's still it's still stupid right but uh, I don't know. I'm just like, but why are they doing that? That's what I want to know. Yeah. It's like, 
know, can somebody do kind of a social study on all the people in the videos and discuss <laughs> how they got to that point in their life? It would be an interesting uh, study. And I, I don't know if you saw those videos from Florida. This we talked about this last week, but. Uh, the videos from Florida at some Florida town council where the town council was talking about passing a passing a mask law and then there was a string of people against it and saying it's like their god given right not to wear a mask and all this stuff it was it was literally I saw I saw a few highlights yeah, yeah. there was there were some crazy people at that meeting yeah. it was a parks and recreation yeah. episode yeah. it really was <laughs> it's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome Dylan doesn't have anything happy. No. Well, Dylan leaves it blank. He just goes with the flow. Sometimes you fill it out if something really hits you. Sometimes I do, but uh, very often you've covered everything that I've seen, and Uh, I'm like, all right, just go with it. That was talking too much again. (laughs) The short short happy segment, um, I I, I scoured the news, and uh, I found one story that was pretty good. So a 12-year-old, which is always impressive, invented a device uh her name was lydia denton i'm assuming her because lydia but Mm -hmm. it could be something else uh anyway they invented a a device to prevent hot car deaths so when the inside of the car reaches 102 degrees this uh device sends a message i'm assuming to the car owner uh, that their inside of their car is 102 degrees. Now that's Fahrenheit, right? Yes, that's good. Celsius would be too late. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty useless if it's Celsius. That's like, yeah. oh, it's my car's late. on it's fire. <laughs> yeah, it's a little late if it was Celsius. <laughs> so that's that's a that's a good device. Uh, I mean, do you? Is it something you can switch on and off? Do you want to switch it on and off? Because then if, you, if you're forgetting your kid in the car, what if you forget to switch it on? Do you attach it to your kid? So if the kid's in the car, it goes off? There's a few little things that, you know, the, the, the intricate details. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. how it works. But, but, but any, any 12-year-old invention to prevent, uh, you know, people dying, kids, babies dying in hot cars, good for them. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you had travels. We, we, 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes me feel lazy when I see that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I can have anything happy because I just feel bad. I'm stupider than I a twelve-year-old. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I guess we already covered yours mostly. Your your traveling. Did you have anything else? Uh, no. It was it was uh it was fun to get out. Yeah. I mean, I I really like. I'm living in an alternate universe. Like I, you know, all the posts from friends back home and everything. I was just like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's <laughs> like good I just, to be in. That's I not, meant, yeah. Almost like living in New Zealand, I guess. Living in Denmark, you got uh, almost normal. Yes, well, Denmark is you know always high in the happiest, happiest places to live. Yeah, yeah, and and also the most difficult to integrate as an expat, but also all the expats are also happy here, even though they're not integrating well. Oh, that's so interesting. Something's going on. Yeah, yeah. You're just doing something right-ish, mostly right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's with no real left wing you know, party. No, they yeah, have I mean, some left wing parties. The red green party is very left wing. <laughs> I can't call it the red green party. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, you want to call they it use the duct little, tape. Little yeah, this wasn't red green big yeah. into the duct tape. He was, yeah. yeah. 
I don't no see a lot of duct tape here. About. Yeah. No, it was pre. Oh, it was pre no you, Dylan. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, well, really. He's I, on YouTube, I'm sure. He must be. Heard. We'll check it out. And the, was, that's the same guy that did that Smith and Smith variety show with his wife before. That Red was a Green, terrible right? show, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Red Green was was better, but it's the same dude, right? Yeah, 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 same dude. Yeah. But it's that was like a what do you call it? A variety. Yeah, show. it was a variety Back show. Back yeah. time, yeah, when there were lots of terrible kitschy Canadian yeah. shows. Well, you only needed. De- you didn't even need a good you just needed an idea and you could be on the CBC it did not need <laughs> yeah, to be a good true. idea yeah. Yeah. did you need even a, an idea I think you just need to be Canadian yes that's true <laughs> hey you you come here yeah. we want you to do this show <laughs> and now the end is near alright and so we'll end with some parting thoughts um my Parting thoughts is I need to uh, I, I was, figure out I was something to put in the dismayed happy and depressed this <laughs> week because I'm like, Webster's sad, decided to put irregardless <laughs> in the dictionary, and 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 that just I I mean I've gone years of my life saying it's not a word because it's not a word. Yeah, so can't we just leave it not a word? I mean, listen, it's Webster's. It's not like it's Oxford or something like that. <laughs> it's just Webster's. So. It's fine. It's well, still not a dictionary word. Dictionary snobbery that's coming out of him. That's <laughs> unbelievable. He's your ranking of dictionaries. <laughs> yeah. It's not a word until Oxford put it in. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, but I just don't. It's just it's just an unnecessary word. Yeah. Well, it's not a word. Uh, and it, uh, it's stupid. Yeah. Because it means, I mean, it's regardless. And irregardless means regardless so regardless of how you say it yeah exactly uh and then i saw new zealand was announced they were virus free which again yeah like you said all you need to be is a remote island but uh, but good for them yeah it's it's good to hear the happy news too yeah yeah instead of yeah absolutely and dan anything the parting Well, because it, I'm in Denmark now, I thought I'd bring up the old story about Hans Island, which is way up north, of the northern, uh, near the northern tip of Greenland and, and Canada. And uh, it's um, really just a rock, but it sits within the 12-mile um, territorial limit of both Canada and Denmark. So they can both claim it under international law because it's within that um, zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this ritual of basically going to the island, and the Canadians will plant a flag and put a bottle of Canadian whiskey, and then sometime later the Danes will go over and take the flag and the whiskey and put a Danish flag and a bottle of schnapps, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, saying like "Welcome to Denmark" or something. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think it's. It. I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was doing it for a long time, and I think they've kind of slowly resolved the, the status. Although I just think it's still not exactly solved. So hopefully they're still. It's a good story. I hope they're still doing it. Yeah, yeah. and and I was just thinking exactly. as you were saying that, that, if they take a flag every time, where do all the flags go? <laughs> like, is the is the second largest gathering of Canadian flags in Denmark? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know how often they want to go to this remote island off the northern tips of Greenland and and the Baffin up there, maybe. Um, I'm guessing they go every time they run out of booze. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I've um, never fully understood Greenland's relationship to Denmark. Greenland was colonized by Denmark. So like uh, and it, so with Faroe Islands, it's part of the the United Danish Kingdom. So is it like is it like a province? Is it still like a colony, or is it more like how Canada is related to the UK? No, so it's it's more like how uh, Newfoundland is related to Canada. So like where a, it was once independent, and now it's part of Denmark. But so they they have more and more autonomy. Although this is this is on my list of you know research items mm-hmm. to get into while I'm living here. Yeah. Um, they are getting more autonomy. Um, but there, it's a Danish territory. Like, I, I, it's a good question. I don't actually know if it has the same representation in Parliament as, say, like Jutland or Foon or something. But do you know the population um, of Greenland? Like, it can't be much. I, I mean, I don't. But I think Dylan's Wikipedia skills could probably <laughs> find that. In it can't be a lot of people that that are living in Greenland. No. And I think people only live along the one coast, or mostly at least. Most, I think so, yeah, mostly, yeah. 56,000 um, people. There you go. Yeah. As of 2018. 56,025. 56, Might yeah. be 28. But they're now. opening for, uh, for tourism. I think their borders are actually shut to Danes. Maybe that was the Pharaohs. <laughs> um, so they, like, down um, travel. But, uh yeah. So there's what there's like there's a kind of independence movement there. I don't know much about it yet. Um, um, and then there's also the Faroe Islands, which are closer to Denmark, um, that are up there. That's a similar situation. Hmm. I met somebody from the Faroe Islands in Jerusalem. Huh? Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, so, and that, yeah. No, I was just going to say, sorry, if you have something else, I was just going to say thanks for joining us. No, I, that, that's it. All so. right. All right, great. Thanks well, for letting me clap. It was, it was very good yeah. to actually hear your voice after such a long time. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. Hopefully, are you ever going to, Are you? do you plan on any trips back to Canada anytime in the next, uh, eh, ever? Uh, yeah. I mean, usually, yeah, like, it's funny, in Jerusalem, we would leave every summer, at least Gavin and I, and Kelly would come over. Um, when she had holidays, but right. um, that was true of every international family, mostly. Like some people are like, "Oh, when are you going back to America or something?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, we're getting a plane right now on the last day of school, right?" Because um, it's so hot; it's like forty-five yeah. degrees, yeah. Nothing, and there's nothing to do as a community. But I think here, it's a bit more um, of a. It's more international, but also less. Um, embassy un related so there's like people working for MERS, so we don't and it's also europe so you're like i don't want to go home and miss summer in europe yeah yeah um, exactly yeah also of course this summer is like the lost the lost summer yeah um so yeah i mean some i don't know if we'll come home at christmas but it, it might be t- next summer yeah well anyway we try to come back once a year so. yeah next time you're in town we'll definitely have to get together yeah, but you're in Ottawa now, right? No, no, no. We're in Georgetown. We're in Georgetown. Yeah, oh, okay. Just near Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. We can do that. Maybe we can get Mary to come up, make yeah, a big trip. Perfect. She, <laughs> I think she occasionally listens. So, Mary, yeah. well, if you're listening, we can From we can arrange it on our email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
we'll have our people check our schedules. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, Dan. Yeah, and, well, thanks uh, for letting me you. ramble. Yeah, no worries. It was, yeah, it was nice having you, you on. Your, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And right. good to virtually meet you, Dylan. <laughs> yes, nice to virtually meet you as well.